1: Welcome, friends, to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings, the kickoff to Masters Week DraftKings Millionaire Maker Picks. First look, because we're gonna have the re-up next Wednesday, the day before the tournament, with Toe Tag and Tambo, Tower Tambellini live in studio, maybe taking your questions as well, where we'll build our lineups, we'll make our final bets, discuss the weather, all of that. But today, we're digging into the field because the pricing is out to try to get a good sense of where we want to go at the beginning of Masters Week because we still got days, and we got a ton more shows to do, the research show coming out this weekend. Feinberg live in studio with me, Cust as well, on Monday. Me, Cam, Rob, and a very special guest on Tuesday. With the best bets, we have the... Final show with Tambo, as I mentioned. Then we have the daily shows after the round, the recaps, Cut Sweat Live, Monday Recap. We got it all for you. There's like eight master shows. So hop in, get ready, and listen to me plug a bunch of things. First of all, smash the like button to the episode. And I'm giving away over $1,000 in giveaways this week. I need your help. So first off, there's going to be three tiers of winners. 300 bucks, 200 bucks, 100 bucks. There's also Fantasy National memberships being given away right now. But you need to be a Fantasy National member to get your year comped on me. So if you win it and you're not a Fantasy National member, well, I have to go down the list till I find one. But if you want to join right now to the best stats and tools site in the planet, use it for all your research, building your lineups, the simulations, whatever it is, fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off. Any of the membership levels, you just want it for a week, easy. You have it for 7 bucks or whatever it is. You'll probably want it for the Masters this time around. Here's how you get ballots into the draw for the giveaways. Because who doesn't want Cash money sent directly to them. You can sub to the newsletter. That is worth five ballots. That is free. That is down in the description. And you can find all this information inside the newsletter. So that makes it super easy. Mayo Media Newsletter, down in the description. The one that you get 15 ballots to do, even if you've done it before, is... Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on iTunes or Spotify. I leave a five-star review. If it's on Spotify, you can screenshot it to me and tweet it at me at the PME because they don't let you leave a review. If you do it on Apple, where we're only 190 away from 5,000 audio reviews, we get to 5,000 audio reviews. So that means we need almost 200 new ones out there. If you've never done it before, I'm going to add some more money to the pool. I'm pretty sure Tambo's going to add money to the pool as well. So that $1,000 might go up to like 2000 if we can get it all done, but you can reset your name at the very top of the list by leaving a review, even if you've done it before. That is the key for this week. The DraftKings Listeners League is already like 40% full. That is down in the description. There's over $100,000 of rake-free guaranteed money. Three max entry, $15 to play. It's the best tournament on DraftKings. You better go fill it right now. Two more things for you. FantasyGolfChampionships.com. They run our big one-and-done contest. Well, you might be way behind in the one and done at this point. So what do you do? Double down! Major season one and done is now available in the lobby. There's $100, $50, and $25. Let's fill them all up at fantasygolfchampionships.com. And the last one, if you download the League Safe Locks app, there's a prop contest in there under Mayo Masters. It's completely free to use, so go sign up for that. And There's $500 worth of prizes, and it's super easy stuff like, will there be a hole-in-one, yes or no? Every question is worth points. Whoever has the most points wins the money. It's going to be pretty fun. And if you want to do something like with your coworkers or friends who don't know shit about golf, this is a pretty fun one to go into because it's like yes or no questions all the way down the list. League Safe Locks app on uh, Android or Apple. And it's a Mayo Masters contest in there. Whew! Sorry for taking up too much of your time on that one. Ben Raza from Stochastic.com. Kenny Kim, host of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates. Breaking this all down with me. Ben, it's the best time of the year.
2: It is. Uh, very, very excited. Obviously can't wait to dig into this with you fellas. You are looking sharp. We both said this before the show, Pat. Looking good. You look ready to rock. So I'm excited to hear these takes.
1: Kenny, I told Ben that it's very difficult to find a green suit. That's not like 1500 bucks or whatever. It's just a really weird color to find a suit jacket in, especially one that fits me. So I found this one on Amazon like Five years ago, it's like 200 bucks. I only wear it once a year because it's pretty low quality, but it's pretty small. So, like six weeks out from the Masters, knowing I'm going to wear this jacket on one of the shows, it's a great incentive to lose some weight.
3: I mean, I wish I could have that type of incentive. I mean, I need to lose some weight. So, I brought my stationary bike uh, down into the basement and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start using it on a daily basis. It's been here for a week and I haven't sat on it once. So well, that, that's how it's going for me when it comes to the weight loss. Well, it's
1: probably tough because you're on the casting couch right now. I don't know if you really want to be riding mm-hmm. your bike. I mean, maybe that's where you watch yeah. from. I don't know.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm a fan of the casting couch. Uh, you know, I mean, it's comfortable. I mean, I know all these people that do podcasts have these ergonomic whatever chairs. Just get just me a nice little casting couch, some pleather. I'm good to go. It feels like home.
1: All right, so the pricing is out. There's only three players above $10,000, Ben. Would you consider this very soft pricing for the Masters?
2: Yeah, I mean, at first glance, I I think so. Um, You know, generally with majors, you always have teams that look amazing because it's deep pools. Obviously, there's some really good values and whatnot, uh, and some guys move up between now and then. But when I saw this, it was no surprise in terms of, geffler to rom to roar i think that's the order we mo- we all kind of expected
1: did you have any player on first glance that stuck out to you as that's move? that's just a complete misprice that guy's going to be like 25% owned
2: i mean i don't know about a complete misprice i'm interested to see what you guys think like the always the guy that's at the the 900 i think gets artificial. like i could say oh female's in the 8k range uh, it's because he's 8900 uh, as opposed to just being flat nine so when i saw him not in the nine k range, you know. Seeing guys like that as we work down, Will Z's down there as well. I think there's a couple names there that are going to garner some serious ownership. And Jason Day is a is a name I've been seeing a lot already.
1: Kenny, what did you make of the pricing? Did you like how the pricing came out? And who was it that stuck out for you right away? Because Corey Connors, is the name for,
3: for me, the guy that stuck out is Sung Jizzle. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, my 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 brethren up there at eighty one hundred dollars, who's had a pretty good season. Uh, and it's really good masters track record. Uh, 8,100 is sort of like a lock. I think he could possibly be one of the highest owned, um, in the field at that price. When it comes to the overall pricing, I mean, the guys up top of the guys up top. Now, the thing that's different this year, of course, is the live guys. And they all seem to be in like that mid to low 7k range. And there's a ton of them there. And I have no idea what to do with those guys.
1: I think that's going to be the common sentiment that we all have going in. So we are recording. This is the first look for the Millie maker. So the Valero Texas open isn't concluded yet. Neither is live Orlando. In fact, that hasn't even started yet, but let's say Dustin Johnson wins live Orlando. Ben, do you care what Dustin Johnson comes at live Orlando?
2: No, I could care less, but I do think that people will care. Like if Dustin Johnson does win live Orlando, uh, Okay. People are going to be like, oh, DJ, he's got form. He's ready to go. And I think that's going to be an interesting game theory because I'm with Kenny. I have no idea what to do with these live guys. They could be all perpetually undervalued or just really not informed from playing in, you know, whatever they're playing
1: in. It's funny because I get the general sense like you guys do. No one really knows what the fuck to do with these guys. But everyone seems to still be locked in, Kenny, that Cam Smith is awesome.
3: I mean, I don't know. I, I, I That price tag that he's at, at like, what, $9,800? I mean, he's got to finish, like, top five to really uh, go up to his value. I mean, that's tough. I, I don't know. Has he been playing a lot of golf? I mean, is, I, I'm sure he has. Uh, but, I mean, not getting, for most guys, not getting, like, super amount of competitive reps before the tournament could probably be a downfall now it comes to TJ. I mean, like, he only averaged about 20 rounds Per, from from the tournament of champions to the masters every year now the one time he won was the one where he had played like two weeks before uh and played a bunch because it was in the fall uh so i mean i i don't i don't know i mean i think when it comes down to the live guys i think you're gonna look for a value and like you know uh, some guys down on the bottom and like a like above them at 6900. Or a Gooch at 6,700. Like, you just need those guys to top 20, and I feel like that's more realistic, sort of, even for, even not knowing what is really going on with these guys. It feels more realistic for, like, a top 20 or something.
1: Ben, your Thunderdome win is, you know, happened over a half decade ago now. It's just like my Danny <laughs> Willett Masters win. We can only live off this so long. But when you win yeah. over $100,000 at the Masters in a DraftKings tournament, it's Pretty good to hang your hat on. So congratulations with that. Your guy, Patrick Reed, is back who won you that money that time around. Like, that's more the range where I think I would want to hit the live guys. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with Cam Smith. Pretty convinced I'm going to play Dustin Johnson. If everyone's going to play Jason Day at one price, just give me Dustin Johnson. I'll I'll roll the dice on that. Knowing he's going to be like one-third the ownership
2: yeah I tend to agree with all that and'm I'm, I'm in the same range you guys are for for live maybe a couple of different names like Sergio to me was someone I'm actually kind of interested in maybe rolling the dice on Patrick Reed uh and of course I mean half the show should be devoted to Oos. so we we've got names down there it's just it's gonna be fascinating to see which live guys the public says okay I feel comfortable with and which guys they say you know I think Bryson and Brooks are probably the two that most people think are most likely to not be informed at this point.
1: I would tend to agree with that. Or Phil, <laughs> if that's... Well, way, I don't count him.
2: He's irrelevant.
1: If that's the way that you want to go with it. Do you think you'll end up, Kenny, I know it's early in the week. You can always change your mind. You should listen to Fantasy Golf Degenerates on Monday evening to see if Kenny has changed his mind. But
3: would you expect- Sunday evening this week, Pat. Sunday, Sunday evening Sunday,
1: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So you can listen to that. Then you can catch me, Feinberg, and Cuss the next day spouting nonsense. Do you think you'll have any Brooks or or Bryson?
3: No Bryson, but Brooks, I mean, like, you know, he won an event last year. Uh, he's not playing the best, but you got to think that, like, you know, uh, I think Cam had a quote uh, earlier this week talking about how it's sort of BS that people are saying that, you know, these live guys aren't getting enough uh, on course time, and they sort of want to push it in their in people's faces. You know, that narrative, you know, is something that, you know, sounds like a Brooks kept narrative. Uh, right there, just to prove people wrong uh, about what's going on and live. I, 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 I'm in on Brooks. Uh, I, 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 he's just he's Kepka. He's my guy. He, he's we've seen him do it before. He finally got that sort of monkey off his back last year. Um, you know, in the fall, uh, winning that live event. Now he hasn't performed too great early on this season, but you know, I bet you he's putting his work in that viral video of him. You know, talking as to uh the the Panthers goalie, you know <laughs> that sort of makes people think that like he's not focusing on golf. I mean, the game was a night. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get your practice in and then go to a hockey game. That doesn't mean you're not focusing on your game. Uh, so uh, I I think I can get by. I I think at seventy eight hundred dollars, yes, I will take that risk
1: on Brooks Koepka. Ben, would you rather play Brooks or Neiman? Also a live guy. So
2: I think most people would, or I shouldn't say most people, I I would rather play Neiman. I think that, again, there's less volatility around a guy like Neiman. I expect him to be ready to go. But I I do think if the one advantage, and I'm not saying guys don't come in motivated for the Masters, but you would really think that these hyper-competitive live guys are just they got to be so focused, ready to show that they're not all bums right now. You you really would think guys like Brooks, who are kind of crazy in a good way, would be just ready to go to prove that they're not uh, completely washed up. Maybe they are, but I really do expect them to be as close to inform as they can get at this point.
1: Let's talk injured guys, and I think that the conclusion of the golf that happens this weekend will clear up some of the injury concerns that we have. Hideki has this neck injury, but he's playing in Texas. Hatton had the hand injury. He's also playing with Texas in Texas, so we're going to figure out whether those guys, I mean, how much actually can you really glean from that? So let's say Hideki and Hatton, we don't know the results. Obviously, if they finish inside the top 10, we're going to assume they're good to go, Kenny. But let's say they both miss the cut. Does that tell us anything?
3: I don't think so. I think Hatton's fine. Uh, You know, I don't think he, I I mean, he said the hand hasn't been bothering him since that first round. Uh, I don't worry about Hatton. Uh, Decky, the thing about Decky is, even though he's playing this week, um, you know, neck injuries and stuff like that can just pop up out of nowhere. You can see him wearing the the kinesiology tape on his neck uh, during his round right now. Uh, And the thing is, like, when it comes to those type of injuries, especially like, you know he's tr- and you can sort of see it like in his game like his driving distance seems to have suffered here recently um i think just because of that injury um I- i'd be more worried about decky but the thing about it is if his neck doesn't flare up he can make it through the four days uh that's the thing like, it's a week by week thing with that type of injury where you don't know if it'll flare up or not so it's really hard to judge because i mean if he was really really injured you would expect him to not play the Valero this week, right? So, I mean, he's playing. He's he's on my TV right now or at least 10 minutes ago before the coverage ended. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I We'll have to see. I mean, Decky's definitely more of a risk. I definitely wouldn't worry about that other than the fact that he hates the course. He
1: does hate the course, and he ended up coming 52nd last year. But I think a lot of that was the final round where he was just swearing at the golf course. Uh, because things were not going his way. He did turn out a top 20 the year before that. I don't like Hatton this week. I don't think this course suits him very well at all, although the stats will tell you, because I ran my model on FantasyNational.com, slash Mayo for that 20% off, and to get in the giveaways of the free year of Fantasy National. I'll give out multiple ones. Just go sign up for it, okay? Uh, but I'm not going to be playing him. Ben, Will Zalatoris, I think, is the interesting one here. He's $8,200. He has a sixth And he's second in his two Masters starts. He can't putt except for at Augusta, apparently, where he just absolutely demolishes these greens, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But he's now hurt. What do you do with him? He's been like he was hurt at the end of last year. He came back, he looked kind of hurt. It seemed like he had got it back on the go, and now he's hurt again. Like, can you play him?
2: I mean, can you play him? There's always a balance. So we're talking about trying to win a million dollars. If everyone says you can't play him, then I say you probably can play him. But if we don't know, I'm more, ironically, I'm more concerned with Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick than I am with Hatton and Decky. Uh, I, I really think that if you're going to Valero, you're you're trying to work some things out and see how it happens. And if they withdraw, that would be a big problem. But even if they get cut, I don't really care. Will Z, I don't know what you can really do for that. And Fitzy's neck uh, seems to still be bothering him a little bit. So th- these guys, I'm keeping a pretty close eye on. I clearly have Sanjay ahead of them and, and probably some other guys in the same range.
1: And, and I think a lot of people are going to be the same way. How do you feel about Willie Z Kenny?
3: I mean, the issue with him is because of his injury, he's had to change his swing. um, And, and a swing change is, you know, a pretty big deal. We, I mean, even the best of the best when Tiger went through his swing changes in the early two thousands. um, I mean, there was like a year and a half where he didn't win. You know, that's Tiger. Uh, and you see Willie Z going through swing changes so he doesn't continually hurt um, his back and, you know, his neck or whatever else is injured. Um, And, you know, that's a tough thing to go through and and, and to be able to compete at at the level that he wants to compete and feel comfortable at with a new swing that's this new uh, within the last six months. You know, give him a year, year and a half with the swing, I think – You know, we'll see him back up, but I mean, it's tough to rely on him when you don't know when you when, when when personally I don't think he's still comfortable with that new swing yet
1: debutantes are always an issue that we get into, and I don't think it really matters that much for DraftKings, because we've seen debutantes do really well, just not win. Fuzzy Zeller is the last one to do, I think it was 1978, so it's been a while since a first-timer at Augusta National has actually donned the green jacket. I mean, I have my green jacket, and I haven't even played in the Masters, but this year we got Tom Kim, Sahith Tagala, Mito Pereira coming over from Live. he's still in the field, Kurt Kitayama. And who do we have down below? Taylor Moore is another one. Adam Svensson is another one. Ryan Fox is a debutant who we're seeing in Houston right now. The Polish Giraffe, Adrian Moronk, down at $6,400. Uh, Kazuki Higa from Japan, the number 87th ranked player in the world, currently playing at the Valero Texas Open as well. All first-timers in the field. Ben, do you think that there's value in some of these guys if they don't turn into uber shock?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to overreact one way or the other. I don't think it's... We've seen time and time again, these guys each year seemingly get more ready to play. And, and I mean, Tom Kim, we've had basically his entire career so far of saying, well, he's never seen this course and he seems just fine at most of them. So I don't think it's a huge deal. Would I like my guy to have gotten some, some reps at Augusta, even if he didn't play well? I think absolutely. And there's a long list of, of guys from Reed to Decky, who who just got reps. They weren't necessarily killing it. They started to figure out the course, and then they broke through. That's the much more realistic path.
1: Yeah, I'm not too concerned about betting any of these guys to win the tournament, Kenny, but I think Tom Kim's a really interesting example. I don't know what to do with him, because he's not playing good golf right now. Most of that is putting-related at the moment. Obviously, he's never seen the course in a competitive format before, but I don't think anyone's going to use him.
3: Yeah, I think he's going to be very, very low-owned. I think the worry you have with Tom Kim is the fact that he doesn't really pound the ball out there off the tee uh, very far. Now, his long iron game is pretty good. Uh, I mean, and that's what he would need uh, Andy around the green game to get it done. Uh, now, we'll see. He's Korean, so I'm going to roster his ass no matter fucking what. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what everybody else does. The one debutante that I really do like is Kiriyama. Uh, at that price because he has the length. He has that long iron prowess. He's really good at longer par fours. Uh, I can get be I can get behind Kurt uh, 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 at that as a debutant. Maybe even Ryan Fox. We'll see. Yeah, the,
1: the one I was thinking about was actually the Gala because we've seen like Willie Z and I think Corey Connors are the two prime examples, and maybe they're the exception Ben. But guys that can't chip, can't putt, yet seemingly at Augusta, they're great.
2: So I think there's something to that – Figueroa, to me, is a guy that I might look into as we get closer. He's got a lot of if statements. If the conditions look primed for what he does, I think he could be okay. If it looks apprehensive, I think he could be in a lot of trouble. I don't think he's someone that I can say blanket statement. Okay, he can deal with this course in all different iterations. If it's maybe a little more problematic, I think he could kind of be exposed in some of these areas.
1: Sixtieth in this field, Kenny, in strokes gained off the tee over the past twenty-four rounds for Sahith.
3: Yeah, I mean it, it's not great. I mean the thing about it, he's, he's like average to slightly above average in all uh, the um, the metrics that I'm looking at uh, for the tournament. Which you know, it's not bad for a seventy-five hundred dollar golfer. You know, uh, when it, when you really think about it, I I'm not sure about him. I mean, like he doesn't have like that one really strong part of his game that can help him um you know when it comes down to it overall he's a very very good player uh like i said above average and all the metrics that i'm looking for but he's not he doesn't like excel in like one specific category that can possibly help him if he has some issues on the course uh and so that's what i worry about with the
1: The one thing that he does seemingly do, at least recently, better than most people, is just his prowess on par fours. Very good at par fours, very good at long par fours. Almost the same sort of things that you brought up with Kurt Kitayama, although... Obviously, cannot drive the ball, as well as Kirk Kitayama, although he doesn't really explode like Kirk Kitayama does at the same time. And I usually prefer Kitayama in more difficult conditions. He's done his best work on coastal courses in the wind, so I think the more difficult it plays, the more I would bump up. Almost to what Ben's point was, that you know, the easier the conditions, probably better for Thigawa, worse the conditions, probably better for Kirk Kitayama, Ben.
2: Absolutely. Again, I think when you when you get lower and lower, you, you have to start making qualifiers like, OK, I will play this guy if this looks like the forecast or if this happens. And and for me, as we get lower and lower, I would rather have a guy that except who's elite at one category and say he can he can survive because he can do that as good as the best players in the world than a guy that's just kind of like pretty good at everything, but he doesn't have that get out of jail. I have this elite club that can bail me out. You can get into big trouble if you don't have that to fall back on here.
1: There's 89 players in this field. The top 50 in ties are going to make the cut. There's no 10-stroke rule anymore. It's just the top 50 in ties. Thanks, COVID, taking that away from us because it made the the to-make-the-cut parlays a bit more juicy, although over half the field is going to make the cut this time around. And really you have a better chance than that because one more player could get themselves in if they win at Valero. They'll be priced on Monday if that happens, but I mean that just increases the field to 90. And realistically, if it's top 50 in ties, you're going to have like 55, 56, 57 more than likely end up making the cut. There are guys that might make the cut, but it's probably like a 20% chance, 15% chance. So I want to talk cross-offs before we really dig into who we want to take. Because I think that's important for the Masters, is putting a big red line through people. Uh, Kenny, do you want to tell people why it's stupid to take, like, Sandy Lyle or VJ Singh? Although, you know, they might be hot for two holes. You don't want these guys in your lineup.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, these guys, they play, like, 54 holes in a Champions Tour. and It's not like they play all the time. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I don't think they're worth it. Down here, and the thing about the way the uh the pricing is, it's soft. You don't really have to go down here unless you're trying to do some crazy shit like two ten k and one nine k guys, something like that. Oh, well, then you have to go dredging, and that's when it gets really tough. And the thing is, like the six to six percentage of the masses is usually pretty high. Um, so taking that risk down there for some guy who you know, an amateur you never see or an old guy who's a former champion who doesn't play uh, that often anymore. I mean, you're taking a tremendous risk uh, doing that. Just, you know, I, I don't think it's worth it.
1: I always equate it to even if this guy makes the cut, Ben, as Kenny pointed out, there's a 10 of 6 of 6s. They're not going to score enough to do you any good anyway if they make the cut.
2: That, that you, even if you, it's almost like trying to hit a parlay for no reason. In some miracle, a couple of these guys will in fact make the cut and they'll come in 52nd. And that's not going to help you either in a large field tournament. You need guys that are grabbing placement points. So it's just like, why are you taking on unnecessary risk? Not to mention, you have golfers that I'm not saying they're going to soar through the cut, but you mentioned, you know, Maronk and Svensson and these guys. They're a couple hundred dollars more than the Larry Mises of the field. So it's like, if you're going to even go stars and scrubs, at least get a guy that has some upside, and I I don't see any way. Uh, Now, when Longer's just wearing the green jacket, you can follow me on Twitter, but uh, assuming that doesn't happen, I'll be just fine crossing off all those guys at the bottom.
1: I I don't know how low I'm going to end up going, but I can't envision myself playing anyone below $6,400, and that includes Straka, Mac Hughes, Zach Johnson, Scott Stallings, Higa, Kisner, Kenny, I don't want anything to do with these guys.
3: Yeah, I mean Mac Hughes is sort of interesting. Why? Why know, is Mac because, it,
1: Why is he interesting?
3: I mean, when you when you look at it, I mean, again, he's above average, above average driving distance, uh, really good around the green. He has the magic beans, like you call it. Uh, you know, I mean, he's top twenty and around the green in the last fifty rounds in this field. Uh, you know, like you said, you have to be like Ben said. You know, you have to have that one thing you can rely on. If his iron game's off, he can chip up and down and get in there and make the cut. Top 30 is not impossible. I mean, I don't know his track record uh, at Augusta, but I mean, you know, normally when you think of Matt Hughes, you're thinking of difficult courses, strong fields. It's usually when he excels. I would prefer him at
1: either an Open Championship or a U.S. Open. I think that the shot-making required to win the Masters, Ben, or even do well at the Masters, he just doesn't have. Like, Magic Beans works when the winning score is going to be like minus 6, not potentially minus 16.
2: Yeah, I mean, even to consider him again, I think you'd want adverse conditions because then his best skill set makes it even more pertinent. Like if it's an iron competition, I don't think Mackenzie Hughes is going to be the answer. Now, if it's an around the green competition, well, he's better than that than most. So I get it. But yeah, I think all in all, Schwartzel and co right above him are probably as egregious as I want to get.
1: Yeah, even Schwartzel. Yeah, I
2: mean, I I just, uh, he still has one of the best champions uh, dinners. So he's got that going for him. Some real good food. Didn't he finish top 20 last year?
1: He was was T10 Uh, last year. Yeah. He's coming
2: off of a 46 at Tucson.
1: Oh, on the live tour. I mean, Danny, when when, when you have to play against Danny Lee every single week, how are you going to win? Why even try? I I mean, he did
3: win his first event on live, right? The first time he played on live, he won, right? The first or second. If I remember, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Most wins in live history
2: probably tied for it. T1? Yeah.
1: Like, like Moronk is the one that kind of stands out. I don't know how the hell Werner ended up in this field, but here he is at $6,500. The one that I I made my first lineup right away. And, like, I don't think that you necessarily need to go down to Moronk or Schwartzl or Phil. I mean, Kokrak, maybe Werner, whatever. What do you do with Cameron Champ? Because I actually did plug him into my lineup, Kenny.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, he has that distance factor, and he showed up last year with a pretty solid finish. I mean, top top 10, top 15, something around there. But, like, I haven't seen him on a leaderboard, and I can't remember the last time I saw him on, on the first page of a leaderboard. It's been, it's been a while. So uh, now
1: so he, he but... has played... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven events since coming eighth at the Zozo Championship in October. He has mixed six of those cuts. It was T53 at the Farmers. But I actually, out of any course, I do play the course history game, Ben, at the Masters. And he was T10 last year and had no form coming in. I don't believe he's ever missed a cut at the Masters in his career, yeah, 10th, 26th, and 19th. For whatever reason, he's just one of these guys who has not Augusta completely figured out, but figured out enough versus someone like a Mac Hughes where his skill set really plays here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just a balancing act. So on, on one side, you've got a guy that showed last year, he had, in his last five starts before Augusta, he had nothing inside the top 60, then he comes in 10th. He's obviously got that. You're balancing that against He just legitimately might be broke. I think that's a reasonable question is like, can you actually flip a switch? Maybe. But if you don't, it's going to be real bad. Then to go backwards, another positive, if he makes the cut, the guy scores so well. He could come in 47th and give you the 23rd most uh, DK points. So you have a lot to weigh there. I just worry how bad this form is, is really alarming.
1: Yeah, but like you said, going into the tournament last year, it's not like he was any good. And you mentioned a key name here, because I think Maronk falls in this category, but he's a debut Tom Kenny. And then you mentioned Ryan Fox, who's just been playing some really good golf worldwide over the past two years. He's been excellent, absolutely mashes it off the tee, but if you gave me the choice between Fox and Champ, I know it sounds crazy. I know Fox is the much better player. He got in because he's top 50 in the world. He qualified for this tournament. Cameron Champ is in this tournament because he was 10th last year. But for whatever reason, once we get to Augusta, I do feel like all bets are off. It's like the same reason that we keep going back to Spieth year after year.
3: Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, of course, history is extremely valuable. I think this is like the number one correlated Course, when it comes to course history on tour that we see year in and year out. Uh, that's why we keep rostering the same guys year in and year out. Uh, and so, I, I I mean, it just makes sense. Once you sort of get the hang of this course, it seems like it doesn't really go away. I mean, you look at Freddie. I mean, dude was like top 25s when he was like 55, 56 years old uh, because, you know, he's played the course so much that he just gets it. And there is is that factor where golfers who have played this course enough, they sort of find that, find that, that zone where they know how to play this course year in and year out and they do it and they succeed. Tiger Woods
1: is, where is he here? $7,300. I guess I should have brought him up underneath the injured guys, but who knows how injured Tiger is. The last time I said don't play Tiger at the Masters Ben he won. So, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to play him, but is that stupid?
2: I mean, I ne- I never think so, but I've also been punished by uh the goat many many times when saying he he just he can't possibly be in the hunt. Can he eke out a cut sure, but he seems to know how to obviously optimize you better hope it's warm. If it's like freezing or something, I'm going to be even more skeptical, to be honest. I really think at this point, there's still a lot of factors that he just can't control. So if he was 6,300, I think he, he would be an extremely popular paydown option for obvious reasons. At 73, he's going against legit competition there.
1: So- Kenny, Patrick Reed is the same price. I would rather play Patrick Reed than Tiger this week, although it might be a... Because we just talked about Freddie. You know, like, Freddie is 55 years old, and he's you know, still churning out, like, top 20s at this course. I mean, Tiger's better than Freddie, has had more success, and he has to play, like, an old man game now. But we saw it at Riviera. It just And we've seen it, like, the past year or so. It just seems like he wilts once Saturday comes.
3: Yeah, I mean, but the, the one good thing about Riviera... Um, You know, he finished the four rounds. It looked like he could hit all the shots. I think the issue was the walk, Uh was how much pain tolerance he can have on that leg. Now, of course, there's rumors flying now that he hurt his back at, at Riviera. So, I mean, who knows? But, like, the one thing I noticed when you saw him play that week was he was still able to hit all the shots that he needed to hit. Um, if he needed to go after one in the rough, he was able to go after it in the rough. Um, you know, And so he still has that going for him. Uh, and and I think Riviera proved that he can hit all the shots that he needs to hit in a tournament still. It's just a matter of pain tolerance for his leg, how he can adapt. Now, I think the one thing I think Noda Begay said uh, on um, golf – Central Live or whatever the show is. Uh, after talking to Tiger, supposedly Tiger figured out like what he needed to do before a big event when it came to preparation and not going overboard so he doesn't fall apart on the weekend. Now, of course, it's all conjecture. Uh, that's basically just you know hearsay. Of uh, we'll have to see if that actually comes to fruition. But like hearing that makes me feel better uh, about thinking of playing him. Would you rather play Tiger
1: Woods or Patrick Reed, Kenny? Patrick Reed. Would you rather? I mean, this is an easy one. Would you rather play C, woo, Kim, or Tiger Woods for $100 more?
3: I mean, come on. I mean, do you see the eyes here? I mean, come on now. Come on. We, we, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go C. Ben? Oh, yeah. No, it's and Tiger's win
2: was unbelievable. It's four years ago now. Like, it, it, a lot has changed. You know, uh, I, I can't see myself. As much as I think there's a chance he can turn it on, I, I'm I'm not sure there's any, but maybe a couple guys in the sevens that I'd rather play Tiger over, but that's about it.
1: G- give me a list of those guys that you would rather play Tiger it's over. Taylor Moore. One. Okay.
2: Horschel. Uh, if Scheffler was in the sevens, I would say him because <laughs> I just refuse to do it. Um... Yeah, Horschel. Get him out of
1: here. Chris Kirk?
2: that about it. Like, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, I can't do it because this is my guy. But Aaron Wise is coming in
3: with live form.
2: Like, he might as well be on live because what he's doing out there is extremely
3: disturbing. He did. Pretty... He, up, he was so strong last year, and then yeah, he's been shitting it's the bad this right year. now. Yeah, he no. has.
1: He has a top twenty in his only Masters appearance, so that's nothing to nothing to sneeze at here. He's he was top. He was T seventeen. There we go. Remember when Peters made that run, and then he like he hasn't done anything since. But he was T four in his debut, so you could think about him, I suppose. But yeah, Taylor Moore. I mean, he got the win at Valspar. It's a pretty good win. When you go back and look at the guys who have won at Valspar, Reed has lost in a playoff to Spieth, who has done really well. Obviously, he's won at the Masters. Reed has lost in a playoff. He's won the Masters. Charles in 2015 won Valspar. He won the Masters. Bubba always played well. DJ always played well. So you know, maybe there's something to Taylor Moore this time.
2: If Kokrak wins the Masters, <laughs> that's it for me. Hey. That's
1: just it. I, I can't. How how valuable is it to you that Paul Casey is not qualified?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it is nice. Like, again, there are certain times I'm not used to building six man golf lineups at the Masters. Usually I'm only put looking for four players because I just lock Casey and Rory. So like I have a whole different uh, theme this year without Paul Casey.
1: So are, are you just going to make Louie the Paul Casey of this year?
2: That's maybe what I should do is just sub in. Sub in Oost, who apparently is just, like, making horse farms. I don't know what he's been doing, but, uh, yeah, I got. I still have some some options of, of egregious decisions, so not to worry.
1: Hey, d- didn't Louie lose in the playoff to Danny Lee at Live Tucson? The guy's in great form.
2: I mean, Oostie just comes— No matter where
1: Oostie plays, he comes in second, so. Yeah, it'd be very valuable, They're- like, 7200 bucks this time around. All right, before we get to the very top of the board, Kenny, who do you think are going to be like the three most owned guys in the millionaire maker? Because I'm looking at it, I, it just feels like there's a lot of buzz around Corey Connor's right now.
3: Yeah, I mean I mean the history's there and you know the cheap price tag. I mean, it definitely makes sense. I think if, I think Connor's Sungjae uh would be popular and then uh I don't know. I don't know if the guys up top, the three guys up top are going to eat each other alive. When it comes to ownership, maybe not, but I mean, I think Roy should be up there as well.
1: Well, I I was thinking Jason Day and Cam Young, Ben, because obviously Cam Young comes in and comes in in great form, super so hot right now and had a great majors run after the Masters a year ago when he missed the cut. And it just seems like everyone's holding a Jason Day to win the Masters ticket, so they might as well play him on DraftKings, too. I'm good with fading both these guys, by the way.
2: Yeah. It's a loaded range. And a lot of it is, and not, I'm saying, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's just recency bias. Like if Corey Connors plays well at Valero, that'll solidify it even more because he's going to be really popular. I think no matter what, but that's really going to go a long way. I couldn't agree more. Sunjay is just, uh, undervalued at that price. And I do think Jason day and the eights are going to be there up top. It's hard to know. I feel like Scheffler will probably be the most popular, but it, it's it's very difficult to project that.
1: So let's go to the very top of the board. There's the three guys, the big three. They're all above $10,000. Scheffler, Rom, and Rory. 11-1, 10-8 for Rom, and 10-6 for Rory. I don't know who's going to be more owned between Rory and Scheffler. My gut tells me it's Rory, but I'm pretty confident Rom because ever since the second round at Bay Hill has been not awful, Kenny, but far behind those other two after he was deemed unbeatable remember we gave him bay hill he was the first round leader and it's like well how could he ever lose he's john rum he wins every tournament he's been kind of crappy since he had the shits he had to pull out of a tournament it's never good
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean when it comes to him i think he'll be the lowest owner out of three so i'm gonna play the fuck out of him uh you know i mean it's just the way it's gonna be and then i'll have to make my decision between Scheffler and rory uh I, i mean as of now i already sent my cash game cornerstones to uh to tambo uh when they first came out and rory was already number one in there so i mean we'll see if that changes by the time i do a little bit more research when it comes down to our show on sunday uh now the thing about scheffler is i mean three guys have repeat championed here uh their names are jack tiger and faldo um is he as good as those guys can he do it maybe uh i mean you know i the thing about Sheffield that's so amazing is, I mean, like I've said this on the on the, pod, on the on my podcast, when he hits that driver off the tee, it looks like he's doing a goddamn crip walk, uh, you know, like like you know, with his feet. It's it's unbelievable, and I don't understand how he can be consistent off the tee. And when he does make mistakes, it's it's, it's a pull hook, uh, but he gets out of trouble so frequently and so easily, and that's a huge, huge part of Augusta. Um, if you can get out of trouble, because you're going to be in trouble at some point in time in that event, you're going to be somewhere where you don't fucking want to be. Uh, you know, multiple times it's going to happen. And in my opinion, I mean, he's taken over from Spieth as the guy that you can expect to figure out a way to make par from wherever the fuck he is. And that is such a valuable resource when it comes to Augusta. Um now it's possible that I just play all three of these guys, and then they just start all hundred percent of my lineups. One of them, it's possible, because I mean, just looking at it, uh, yeah, I, again, I'm a little bit more conservative when it comes to uh, GPP play, of course, than than probably Ben is. I know Ben, you're so you, you like to, I, I don't go over like forty five percent on a single golfer in personal ownership when it comes to GPP, so I can afford to do that. It's it, it, it's not aggressive. It's very, very conservative, but, you know, I want to win something back in my GBPs, and then the goal is to just get, have like one opportunity to win a big one. That's it. That's all I'm looking for, and that's why I play a lot of cash, uh, just so I can play every week and not go broke, which, you know, the last few weeks I've been going broke since I've been losing in cash, but I feel good about the Valero, and I feel really good about the Masters next week.
1: Well, I'm kind of the opposite, Ben, where I will just I will outright fade one of these guys, maybe two of these guys, and then jam the other one in at like sixty percent and be on my way if that guy doesn 't win i 'm probably going to lose most of my money this that week. but if he does win or finishes inside the top five i 'm going to have a pretty good week because we drop down a little bit more you got cam and Speth. And Cantley, Thomas, Homa, Morikawa, and Xander, all still $9,000 to $10,000. Kenny said he's probably going to start all of his lineups if he plays all three with one of those 10K guys. I know you're in the tank for Rory. I don't really need to ask you that. But can you imagine fading any one of these top three guys and just starting with Cam or Spieth?
0: I
2: mean, I always think there's some potential merit for that because I try to think what's the most logical thing. And to me, the most logical thing is to have one of the three. They're just, I think, in a tier above everybody else. So most people are probably going to do that and probably take one of them and then pepper the 8K range. So if you want to be different, if you start and you say, like, give me Cantlay and Morikawa and Xander, like a three man to take on one of the elites, I get it. Is it my preferred build? No, I, I prefer going to get. Uh, one of the guys north of 10, but that is always the risk reward. And for that reason, I feel, and this happens like every year, I feel like Spieth will somehow be lost at Augusta of all places.
1: See, I don't feel, I I don't feel that, I don't feel it this time. because He's he's actually having a good year. People want to rally behind Spieth, even all the biggest Spieth haters in the world. And I put myself into that group. I've kind of come around on Spieth in a weird way. Like, I like Jordan Spieth this week. I think he's a great price. I'm going to be using Jordan Spieth. I'm not going to bet him at 18-1. to You know what I am going to bet him, Ben? First-round leader, Jordan Spieth at, like, 30-1. to That's the play this week.
2: Do you expect, because I think this is an interesting dynamic, that people, if you took all of Jordan Spieth's ownership, will he be primarily the most expensive golfer on those rosters, or will he be the second man in to aggressive Rory Spieth teams or Scheffler Spieth teams, because I think that's going to be the interesting
1: dynamic. So you hit on it. Uh, I was starting to build a lineup of what do you think the most common starting two are going to be in lineups in the Millionaire Maker? Pretty sure it's going to be Rory and
3: Spieth, Kenny. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind uh, about that. And luckily, here's the thing. I I have Rory plugged in as one of my cash game cornerstones, so I'm going to use him in cash. And so normally for those cash plays that I have, I don't go over 20% on GPP. So that gives me some flexibility to still go up top, maybe 30 and 30 with Rom and Scheffler and still be able to make 20% of my lineup starting in a 9K range uh, just to be a little different. And that's probably the way that I'll go. It, it's possible that I fade Scheffler uh, and just play Rom and Rory. But yeah, I think when it comes down to it, just looking at it like uh, I, the first cash build that I had was Rory and Spieth. Now I just, couldn't feel comfortable enough with the guys lower. So I, so I, my cash build for now is Rory and Finau. Uh And so that's how I'm going uh, with it. But I think for GPPs, because, you know, there's a lot of good golfers in that lower 7k range. Uh, so if you go Rory, Rory Spieth, and then four guys from 7,100 to 7,800, you can pick some, make some really good lineups. I- um, it's not that difficult.
1: I completely agree, but here's the issue. When you're when we're thinking about projecting the ownership and how the most common builds are going to start, Ben, you can have me, you, and Kenny. We're all using different sites. I recommend that you use fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off. But no matter where you use, that's going to dictate a lot of the ownership, but because the Masters is the largest tournament on DraftKings, you're going to get more of the public wave coming in. So if people do start Rory and Spieth, which I think is going to be like just click, click, Let's figure out the rest. The problem is, I don't see who the guy is below Tiger. Maybe the answer is Tiger, but like seventy three hundred dollars and down, who is the guy people are going to?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be that one guy. Uh, to be honest, now I think <laughs> if you start Rory and Spieth. You might as well. Corey Connors is going to be like 75% owned in these builds. Um, It's going to be ridiculous because he he
1: comes. He is the third man in. I I built the lineup, but Corey Connors is the third man in.
2: So the correlation between Connors and those two guys is going to be immense. And then probably like the, to me, like the Siwoo range. But I don't know how. I don't know who it is down there, to be honest, that maybe it's someone emerges. Is it Louie? This week. Like, I, I honestly almost said Louis, but I didn't want to be shamed. Yeah, but, uh, but
1: I, I don't know. Like, it, it could be Bubba. It could be Louie. I'm seeing I mean, at least Fantasy National users in the like, three hours that the pricing has been out. They seem to love Willett and Hoagie and Keith Mitchell. Those three are being starred more than anyone else. I don't know if anyone's actually going to end up using them when Thursday rolls around. But I just feel like the live guys are going to be severely underowned. So Louis fits that category.
2: I tend to agree. I think they are going to be underowned. Um, owned All their made cuts look good. You're like, wow, none of these guys have missed a cut. Uh, maybe maybe you get influenced by that. But, yeah, I, I think it might just be a scattershot after those three who are all going to be very popular.
1: Who would it be for you, Kenny, that you would go to, like let's say $7,000 and below as a last man in in a Rory and Spieth lineup? So who would you personally pick and who do you think people will pick?
3: I mean, if you're going to go below, uh, I mean, I I sort of like, uh, I mean, it's there, Molinari's there. I can't really pick one. If I had to pick a single person, that would be the cheapest. It might be Schwartzel. Uh, just to go down to 6,400, and then that gives you a little bit more flexibility in that 7K range after Connors. Uh, then you might be able to go up. To, I, I don't have, I, I haven't done the lineups yet, but you might be able to go back up to 7,500 uh, for your for your fifth play. You, you can. So the lineup
1: that I've built right now, I actually just took Connors out, Ben, because although he mm-hmm. still fits in this lineup if you want to. But like you said, that's probably the very clear next man in. So I have Rory Spieth with Siwoo and Minwoo. I mean, you got to play Minwoo Lee because he's going to win this tournament. So I might just lock button mm-hmm. him. already right, got the 150 Huge to one. Listen, Min, Minwoo in his debut last year was T14, and he had a mm-hmm. shit Thursday. And he rallied the entire week and he's playing some good golf coming in. Love me some Minwoo here. And the other guy that I love this week, and I might actually bet him to win, and this feels kind of disgusting, is Justin Rose, Ben.
2: We're, oh, uh, 78?
1: Yeah. Hmm. And that leaves you with $6,900. As
2: oh, so you play Seamus. Or Bubba. Or
3: Bubba. Or Champ. Or Gary Woodland. No, um, no, no
1: Gary, please.
3: Okay. Bear office is on the show. So no, no,
2: No. (laughs) speak. that's fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, Justin Rose, I never know what to do with him. Like you look at some of his stuff and it's like, well, you can't do that again where he nine gains nine strokes putting, but no, he can, he can in fact do that again. He knows his game very well. He obviously is prepared to really excel in a handful of tournaments a year. And this would be one of them should have a green jacket for obvious reasons, but I'm fine with that. I wish he was more in the sub 77.5, but it's not an overly strong range with Hatton and Neiman and Tom Kim.
1: Yeah, but see, that's why I like, because I feel like that's going to end up being a dead range. Because you have Sung Jay at 81. People are going to love Sung Jay. Sam Burns just won the match play. He's 8,300. And when he starts scrolling down, it's like, uh, Fitzpatrick, Neck, uh, Hatton, he doesn't like this course. Lowry can't make a fucking putt, even though he came inside, even though we came third at this tournament last year. He was never really in it. That was just more of a he played well on Sunday. Other people played kind of shitty, and he moved up the board, but never had a chance to win. Neiman, maybe. But if it comes down to, like, Rose versus Fleetwood, I would say that eight out of 10 people are playing Fleetwood.
3: Yes, definitely. I, I'd agree. And I like Rosie. He's, he's playing well. He won a few weeks ago, you know? So the form is there and you know, his, uh, his course forms always, he makes every damn cut, uh, at this event. I was at the masters where him and Sergio duelled down, uh, the stretch, um, uh, and you know so he has that form he knows how to play this of course he's comfortable here uh the the i, I I'll never forget I was uh, on the it was like a Wednesday or Tuesday practice round that I went and I saw uh Rosie hit and he was on the 10th tee 10th or, I think the 10th tee uh the one with the the huge right to left downhill uh par 4 11. uh and you know th- there was a, that could be it. it was either 10 or 11 and, and there was no um uh, you know there was no one there it was the end of the day he came in like 5 30 he was just gonna play a quick nine uh to practice so we gathered around him uh to watch it's like 10 people 15 people and one of them had you know and one of them asked like why should i bet you it's 66 to 1. uh and rosie was like watch this and then he hits his drive this three wood immaculate right to left just beautiful down, goes down the slope, rolls all the way down the hill. Like, and he turned back to the guy's like, that's why you should bet me. And so I actually, I actually had Sergio and Rose on my card that week. I was one of my best masters ever. Um, because I watched Sergio on the putting green. Um, and for like 30 minutes, he didn't miss a putt. Sergio didn't miss a putt for like 30 minutes. He was doing the around the world drill from 10 feet, and then he do it from 15 feet. Uh, and, and, and he was, I, I don't, I don't remember him missing a single one. Um, and it wasn't like an easy pin location where it was flat or, I mean, that wouldn't be do anything for his practice. Uh, and it was, and I was like, click 33 to one immediate, uh, <laughs> immediate bet. Uh, and that was, that was, that was a nice chunk of change. Then to have the inverse of that
1: story. I went to the Northern trust one year and watched Corey Connors putt from five feet on the practice screen. And I counted, he missed 34 in a row.
2: <laughs> that's that's the oh my sentence. God. yeah where you're just like well I I can't bet this guy I always wonder like how much would I be influenced like you know you're watching even with Hatton like you're watching ESPN plus and he's shaking out his hand and it's like if I never saw that and I didn't know about it it might be nothing and, and it's it's always a uh, sometimes information can lead you astray or other times it can really solidify that a guy he's got it kind of going on quietly and Rose is that type of player. Sometimes quietly, he's just peaking at the right time and people don't notice.
1: So the thing with Rose, here are two things that I really like. I kind of like that. He skipped match play just to get ready for this tournament. He's, he's getting on the older side right now. He needs to conserve that energy. I do think that there is something to him. And I know Ricky's not in the field yet maybe he'll end up winning Valero who knows but Jason Day Rose and Day are the two because they generally play well at the same tournaments we've seen that time over time it used to be Stenson and Rose now it's Day and Rose but the reason that they didn't go to live is because I think they still felt like they had something in the tank and it kind of reinvigorated them to play a bit better golf they got healthier you're seeing their games improve and to see Rose right now he hasn't dropped strokes on approach since the American Express as Kenny pointed out he has a win he was top 20 at the Farmers I think we forget he was sixth place at the Players Championship like three weeks ago, and at the players and Valspar, gained big numbers off the tee along with the approach, which is not something we had seen. He had dropped in like four straight previous to that. If he can figure out his driver at this course, I like his experience here enough. Do I think he's going to win? No. But he's $7,800. I think that he'll be, what do we, give me a projection right now. Ben, then Kenny, I'm going to go 12% on Justin Justin Rose. That's my guess. Ben.
2: Yeah, I, I was gonna say ten percent. I think it's right in the ballpark.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be single digits, but uh, you know, I, I think twelve is is safe. I mean, the thing about uh another thing about Rosie is if you're looking for more narratives uh for Rose, I mean he really wants to make that Ryder Cup team. Uh I know him and Luke Donald are boys, so he probably should make it, but I, I think he wants to earn that spot. A masters win would probably do it.
1: So or a if- masters
3: top finish and then he played the way he's playing would probably do it
1: for years. It was always like when you looked at the lead in form for the masters, that it was, you either won at some point during the calendar year, you had like three top tens and five starts and Hideki kind of blew that up the year that he won. But just looking back on it, I mean, Scheffler re kind of reset everything. If we, kind of play that in the tiger year was just it was the tiger year he, he's just not going to play a bunch anyway um and he's tiger wood so nothing really equates to him based on any sort of trends but if you're trying to look for someone who you know has a win has great lead in form like rose is one of the few who actually does have a win who's not named Scheffler and rom this year
2: yeah there's limited selection if you're looking for for winners you got kitty yama and then the big big guns it's funny when you guys day and rose fit this there is one more guy that does, but he's just playing terrible. And I, Adam Scott is someone I thought was going to go to live as well. And he stuck around to come in 65th at the Genesis and, <laughs> and lose seven strokes on the approach of the players. I, I would like to back him. I don't think he's going to be popular at all. I'm just not sure what exactly you can get from him. And that
3: obviously is concerning. He is. I mean, you haven't seen... Oh, I'm sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Pat. I was say,
1: he's finished inside the top 30 once in the past five years at Augusta. And he was T-18 four years ago, Kenny.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Like, his form at Augusta hasn't been great. Uh, so, I mean, it's sort of tough. And his form, current form, hasn't been great. I mean, if you look at uh, Dave Tyndall, he, he does that trends piece. Um uh every year for the for the masters and basically when it comes to like current play like current form like the last 10 winners all had a top 30 in one of their last two events prior like seven of the last 10 winners had a top five in a stroke play event uh in the same month uh of the masters or the previous month uh i mean there is definitely some large merit to uh current form when it comes to winning uh, now, for DFS, it, it, of course, it's a it's a little bit different. I mean, guys can come out of nowhere, uh, like Cameron Champ, like you said, we talked about earlier uh, in the show, um, can do that. But like, so I mean, so if you're looking for guys that are that don't have the best current form, but you sort of like, I mean, looking at guys in the cheaper price range for that type of situation would probably be a good way to go, just to find value. Now, if you got if you're looking for someone in the AK range or above who doesn't fit those uh, criteria when it comes to that current form trend, that could be a cross-off.
1: The guy that doesn't fit the current form trend really is Finau. He's playing fine. That's about the best you can say for him.
3: Well, here's the thing. I I love Finau this week. I bet him he's one of my favorite plays at 8,900 because if you look at his iron play, which, of course, Augusta, that's what's important it's unbelievably good i think it's it's consistent like when you when you when you look at these rankings on your models a lot of the times sometimes you know it could be skewed for because one guy one week like like cam young when it came to the stroke play event i mean i know there was no strokes gain in that but like people correlated what strokes gain it would have been he would have gained like 10 strokes uh on the field uh with his irons for that week and you see spikes like that it'll sort of make your model a little bit weird the thing about tony is it's like 3.1 3.4 3.6 2.9 3.2 something like that i mean very very consistent he's it seems like he's been playing a c plus game all year and he's just knocking out these top 25s um I love him this week. I don't know how popular he'll be. Hopefully not very popular but because I want to roster him. I mean, I'm guessing he'll probably still be 15, 16% just because of his price tag and what we've seen from him, you know, the, the broken ankle Masters top 10. Uh, you know, I mean, that was incredible stuff. So, uh, but, I, you know, I, I love Tony this week. He's one of my favorite plays, uh, super consistent. I actually, before the year, I said uh, him and Rom would be 1-2 and two by the end of the year. I don't know if that's going to happen now. Uh, but, um, you know, I I just really like his play. I think a major win's coming for him. He had that, you know, he sort of got that monkey off his back last year, won a couple of times. He's not worried about it. Give me some phenom this week.
1: I have the similar feeling, Ben, about Morikawa. Like, when you go back and look at – the peak year when guys tend to win the Masters, it's usually between like their fourth and sixth time that they've seen the course. This is Morikawa's fourth year at the Masters. The other big trend to look at when you try to project out a winner is do they get better at Augusta national every single year? And guess who does call Morikawa. My guy, I know it's been a bit shaky for him so far this year, but I think we I think a lot of people selectively and I try to remember the good parts about Morikawa. And it seems like a lot more people emphasize the parts where he is not so good, like when he's dominating the players and then can't do anything for the next three rounds for unknown reasons, but still ends up coming 13th at the players. He has a second place finish to ROM at the opener. He has a third place finish. He has a sixth place finish. So he's actually having a pretty good season and his three results in his career at Augusta 44th, his debut 18th fifth last year, the chipping and putting doesn't seem to be a problem for him here.
2: No, I mean, there's a lot to like and yeah, it's all how you frame it. It's more is close to having an unbelievable year and you you expectations mid tournament have taken over and he's melted a little bit at times and and you know but if you zoom out there's a lot to like clearly Morikawa is trending upward i think the guy the most polarizing option has to be Max Homa who's had no success but there's a very big argument to make that Max Homa is just a different player at this point and his previous masters results just don't aren't indicative of anything Because he's just so much better right now than he ever has been.
1: Not doing it. Fade for me. Yeah.
2: I think most people are going
1: to take that stance. Do you you think Morikawa or Homa is higher owned? Morikawa. Yeah,
3: I would say Kawa. I would say Morikawa when it came down. Who do you like better between Morikawa and Xander, though? Morikawa. I mean, that's that. Do you? Sanders. Yeah, beside. what he did
2: last year here, you shouldn't even he shouldn't be allowed back.
3: He was <laughs> in Larry Mize territory. Yeah, yeah, he was horrible last year, but he has a runner up. He has another top five. He's been playing good golf. He looked good in the match play. Um, I mean, when it comes to just stats, I mean personally for me, he's you know in my in my rankings, he's 15 spots above Morikawa. I mean, you know that's just you know, well, you know that's just my model. So you know whatever it means. Uh, But I mean, I I sort of like him better than Morikawa. I know Morikawa is your boy. And I could be biased, too, because I don't think I've ever been as angry in my life as when Morikawa lost to Rom after having like a 27-stroke lead (laughs) going into Sunday. And of course, I had that Morikawa ticket. and I was already spending the money. Uh, and so, so that still leaves a huge bitter taste in my mouth, and that could be a problem. Why I want to go Xander over Morikawa, but I know Morikawa's your boy, Pat.
1: Yeah, he is. And listen, I have my bias that you know I've bet him at you know majors, he's won those. I bet him at WGCs, he's won those. He should have won us all that money at the Tournament of Champions, but it's been a long time since he's actually won. It'd be one thing if he was like playing like shit, but he's not. He's just kind no. of wilting after hot starts, and that's not good to see by any stretch of the imagination but I still think that upside for his irons is there and he's acquitted himself quite well around Augusta National you know progressively each time he's gotten better with Xander is just kind of up and down and his driving had been awful until Austin but that's not a hard course to drive at when you know Horschel and Kuchar just like yeah just put it in the fairway don't worry about it like Xander can hit irons off the tee if he wants to at the players and at Bay Hill he was god-awful off the tee, and Morikawa's been you know, good to average. So that's where I would take him over that, where Xander's going to make up more strokes like chipping and putting in your regular event. I don't know if that's going to be the case here. So I like him more. The guy that I think is the biggest wild card, because you're not going to be able to play all these 9K guys, Ben, especially if you start at the top and If you start with Speeth, this becomes a little bit easier. You start with Cam Smith, this becomes a little bit easier. But Cantley and Thomas. I like Justin Thomas. That's just me, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've been pretty heavy on Justin Thomas uh, in a lot of events, and he he's another one. he He's, I think, shown some flashes. Obviously, his putter is going to need to heat up a little bit. I'm not sure he, he can survive just doing nothing on the greens. I take his around the green game basically over anyone, uh, and, you know, you get the short irons in his hand. There's a lot to like. I think a radical approach would be starting with Justin Thomas, Ooh. and you could get, like, JT... And Morikawa, if you wanted to, or for me, it would probably be JT and Finau. You could go like JT Finau oh, and DJ. I got the team. What a wild lineup that is,
1: Kenny. You want to? Win, do you want to win a million bucks? Let me ask you that. Sure. Okay. Thomas Morikawa, Dustin Rose, Siwoo, Minwoo. I don't see how that could lose.
3: <laughs> I mean, you got two Koreans in there. Minwoo is Korean. Don't fake on us, people. He's he's Korean. Uh, so, you got two of them in there. So, yeah, I- I'm in. I'm in. Throw Sungja in there. It's guaranteed. Well, you probably win all three of the millie makers.
1: So, should we like divvy up the millie makers, Ben? Like, well, I'll play this one. Yeah, for well, this Kenny we'll can just... have the 15. You could have the 220 or the 222.
2: Mm-hmm. That works for me.
1: Easy stuff. Get me back to even. So, for fades in the nines, I'm probably not going to play Cantley. I'm probably not going to. I never play Cantley or Xander. Like, I'm not doing it this week either. <laughs> and Homa cut him off the list. So those are my three guys. I'm just not playing.
3: Yeah. I mean, the two guys that jump off for me are probably Cam Smith and Homa. Everyone else has a chance for me right now. And if I only play two guys in the, um, in the 10 K and up range, then I could see myself playing five of these guys in the nine K range for my 50 to hundred lineups that I make. Ben, I'm in a very similar
2: bucket. Cam Smith and Homa probably on the outside looking in, I think you can make a really good case for basically everyone else, particularly when not everyone can be popular. There'll be a couple guys in the 9K range that will be under-owned and I'll probably potentially buy
1: on them. I- I'm guessing it's Justin Thomas.
3: Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. I mean, the Iron Game is so good and he's around the green, so strong. Uh, and it, it was nice to see him have that good finish at the Valero. Um, I I mean, it wasn't a great finish. What was like 10th? Uh, But at least he was in the top 10. Um, I don't remember how exactly it folded out if it was backdoor, if he was in contention and fell back. I don't necessarily remember. But it was nice seeing, you know, that nice top 10 before he heads into Augusta.
1: Yeah, it was at the Valspar. He had done pretty well in the first round, got dropped out of it, and he made a bit of a charge on Sunday. But even on Sunday, he spun one back into the water on a par three. Like, that could have been better than 10th. And I think that, yeah. obviously, the, the guy that I always compared Morikawa to was Justin Thomas, because I feel, Ben, they do the same things well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I see that. And I think the largest point, you know, Kenny said this earlier, You're, I don't care how well you play. You're going to be in trouble at least a couple of times when Rory's in the ice plant uh, and you need to gain sh- strokes, gained ice plant or whatever these things are at Augusta. You- Justin Thomas being he will have a putt for bogey. And if he makes it, it'll be a huge win at some point. And that is a that's a big catalyst at Augusta to avoid the, the, the snowman on the card. And I really trust he can do that if he can putt.
1: Well, we've talked about every range, really, except for the 8Ks. Uh, I think Sung Jae's name is the one that has come up the most. I would expect him to be one of the most popular players on the board. If we built in a different way for one of these lineups, and we did find some guys at the bottom, I- I'm just trying to think. Do you think Spieth will be higher owned than Rory, Rahm, and Scheffler?
3: I I, don't. I think maybe than Rahm. Yeah. I think he'll be I think higher. He'll be higher
1: on the- I think he'll be higher owned. I think he'll be... Second or third highest owned on the slate. I think everyone's going to play Speed.
3: Wow. God, I, yeah, should... I, I think so, too. I mean, just the way he's been playing. I mean, there's a, that whole Easter Sunday narrative, too, where like the last like four times he's played on Easter Sunday, he's won the event. Well, shouldn't Tommy uh, Fleetwood win uh, then? Oh, yeah. Jesus, right, right raised from the dead. I wish. Chef God, Robert I wanted him to win it? a couple weeks ago. I had that. I had that ticket, and I thought he could do it. But of course, he did what Tommy usually does on fucking Sundays, and I fucking hate him. But uh, yeah, I, I, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, Spieth is going to be one of the highest, and there's, and I don't care. I'll still use him because the guy is is playing well, and this is his. It's like his home event.
1: So. If we start with Spieth, which I do think people will do, Ben, and then we throw in Sungjae, who we expect to be popular, and Corey Connors, who we expect to be popular, that gives you $8,200 left for three spots, which means you can get to these guys in the eights if you want them. You can get two of them and then drop back down a little bit. And I'm kind of convinced, as we talked about earlier, Kenny's mentioned Finau a little bit, and as you mentioned, because he's not 9,000, he's 8,900, that's going to give him a boost in ownership, and people like Tony Finau. Plus, he has a good master's history. As Kenny pointed out, the approach has been good. He's going to be very highly owned. I mentioned Day and Cam Young earlier. Who do you think ends up on more rosters, Day or Cam Young? Day,
2: particularly Spieth rosters
1: as well. You think that the, the type of person that would start with Spieth would pick Jason Day? Yes. I actually kind of agree with that. So we throw Day into this lineup at 8700 Kenny. We still have $8,000 left per player, which means we could go Cam Young, Tiger Woods, if we wanted to, or Patrick Reed, <laughs> whoever it is. But I think there's ways that you can manufacture some of these 8K guys in. It's a bit more difficult, depending on how you want to start, because no one really wants to fade everyone above $9,000, except for Spieth, I'm pretty sure, which means we're going to get some nice values in here. Who do you think the guy that no one owns is? And why is it Victor Hovland? Uh,
3: In the AK range, it's definitely going to be Victor Hovland. Um, I I, I think you're 100% correct on that. and You know, it's just that we haven't really seen him perform as well as we expect this season. Uh, And that's probably one of the reasons why we won't be seeing him high up on um, the ownership board. Also because, you know, he can't chip with a fuck. Uh, that would be a problem for him. Like we've been saying, you're going to get in trouble. Uh, but And we've seen him get in trouble and shoot eights and nines and crazy shit on difficult courses where it's difficult to chip around the greens. Um, so, I mean, obviously the talent is there. It, you're getting him at a discount but I still don't think people are going to roster him just because of the people that are surrounding him. I mean, I'm off day. I just can't, I can't get on him. I mean, yes, he's been playing well, but he hasn't been in contention for anything the whole damn season. It's just backdooring top 10, top twenties the whole time or uh, being up there. I just, I, I don't believe that he'll, you know, be able to get his win at, the masters and of course he doesn't need to win but i don't even expect a top 10 from him i'm just not a big day guy at this moment in time um show me a little bit more uh show me him in contention let's see how it does he is he injured what the hell happened the last time he was out uh, did he get dizzy was a vertigo again like what the fuck uh who knows um and so i, I mean outside of like maybe decky uh depending on what happens this week i i would fully expect hovland to be the lowest owned in that range and normally for a player of his ilk and his eliteness if he is the lowest owned in a specific pricing category i would jump on him but he just doesn't hasn't shown much at augusta he hasn't shown much this year Can it happen? Yes. Is he talented enough to win this event? Yes. But I don't think it's for me.
1: So, Ben, the reason I bring up Hovland, because I didn't have a ton of interest either. And you know who he reminds me of? And this is why I'm asking you. Just want to take a guess. And a player at the Masters in a particular year.
2: A player at the Masters in a particular year. He reminds you of... Someone who was very good to you. Sergio? Yeah, that's what served you. uh, There's only like three players who have ever helped me. Um, Who? Paul Casey? I mean, can't can't be him. He's never helped me.
1: Patrick Reed. Not with the type of player that they are, but the sentiment surrounding that player heading into the tournament. Okay, I was going to say their games. Oh, it's completely different. Uh, Obviously, polar polar opposites. But why did you end up on Patrick Reed that year? Did you think he was? Yeah.
2: no, it was, it was, again, there was major leverage points. Uh, and there's no doubt I see those parallels. Like he's surrounded by a lot of guys that I think are trending upwards. He's got the, there's no doubt in my mind, Victor Hovland can win the Masters. There's zero doubt. He's got the talent. He's got the tools. Uh, got some experience here as well. He makes a hole in one on every par three that helps. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I, I, I don't really see it either. So, again, that's tournament, GPP, leverage. It might be Hovland. But on the surface, I'd probably take basically everyone directly above him before I would take him.
3: I I mean, I, it's possible. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Pat. Well,
1: here's the funny thing about Hovland, because I think the match play sticks out in our mind because he was absolute garbage at Austin. But in stroke play events, he was third at the Players, he was 10th at the Arnold Palmer, and 20th at the Genesis. He's not actually having a bad year. He's he's kind of suffering from Morikawa syndrome. And even when you look at what he's done at the Masters in his career, I mean, he's finished top 30 in his two starts as a pro, 27th and 21st. And one of those, I think he made a quad on number one and had to battle back. He has outscored his DraftKings pricing and points in both those finishes.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're sort of talking me into them. I mean, the thing about it is, like, if people are all, all going to go 110K in Spieth, I mean, it's pretty hard to have an 8K person. I mean, this could be, like, a dead zone uh, in this 8K range. It's possible uh, because people can't afford it when they're going with those two guys up top. Um, uh, so, I mean, if he's, like, 6% owned, 7% owned... It's, I, I, I guess it's a lot more tempting than I thought just talking it out at this moment.
1: And he makes it a lot easier to go, let's see if I can do this. If you wanted to do the complete balance build, fuck, you don't even need to do that. You can play Rory in this lineup if you want to. Does it work? Yes, it does. Look at that. You can build a lineup that is Rory, Sungjae, Connors, Vic, Rose, and Siwoo, if you wanted it. That fits. And a th- lot of
2: people are going to try to li- land on seventy four as their last man in the balance builds.
1: Hundred percent. Unless you really yeah. feel so, like I, I don't mind playing champ, I might not even hate playing Moronk. What What do you make of those sorts of lineups in a tournament like this, Ben? Like, do you need to have all six of your guys to have that win equity? Because I have, I'm not even going to imagine Adrian Moronk winning the Masters. But could he be like T seventeen at sixty four hundred dollars? I think so.
2: No, they just need to all work together. Uh, sometimes. You can say, okay, I got two dudes, three guys. They need to suck up all the placement points as much as they can get. And then I got three other guys that I feel confident can work into the top 20. They can compete for top 20s. Sometimes you build a lineup and you say, I legitimately think all six of their win equity is kind of balanced. So I have six chances at it and we'll put the pieces together like that. So I'm fine taking players on my lineups that I say, you're not winning the green jacket. Don't worry about it. Come in 26th, outscore your placement points, and we'll let Rory uh, or Finau do the heavy lifting on that particular team.
1: Now, your co-host of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, Kenny, once blew this. But I'm going to ask you, rank <laughs> your three favorite players from the 8K range.
3: All right, so it's definitely going to be Finau, uh number one. um Finau, Cam Young, Sungjae.
1: And I'm going to go... Dustin, Sungjae, Victor,
3: Ben? E now,
2: Dustin, Sun, it has to be Sungjae. I'd love to mix it up, but Sanjay's just too cheap.
1: Too cheap. So when I'm trying to pull the leverage lever, it's going to be on – that. that's the reason to get behind Hovland. I like his form coming in. It's not as good as Day or Cameron Young's, but I actually do think, as I kind of read it out to you, very equivalent. And the T to green has been amazing. Generally, when he's losing strokes, it is chipping. But if you're getting Victor Hovland to a chipping contest, he well, wasn't going to win anyway. So you need – him. it's always the Feinberg line. If he's going to win, he's going to win by like four or something like that because he just hits every green in regulation. we know – that there are types of courses where you can do that, and we've seen bits and pieces of it. at Augusta. I'm talking myself into betting victory. That's probably a terrible idea, but that leaves Hideki Burns, Zalatoris, and Fitz. Of those four guys, Kenny, do you see any of them making your rosters?
3: No Zalatoris for me. No Fitz for me. I'm with um, I'm with that narrative where I don't know how healthy they are, and I. I can't get on board with them. So uh, the other two, Burns and Matsuyama, I would think about right now. I have Burns clicked um, uh, on Fantasy National. We'll have to see. And then uh, if Hideki makes it through these four days, I mean, the issue with Hideki, like of course we talked about earlier, was his off the tee game. It seems like he's losing a little bit of his gusto when it comes to his driver. But then, you know, I mean, the fairways are like a football field wide and the rough is like nothing. So... As long as he's not crazy wild in the pine straw or whatever. I mean, you know, his iron game is still good. He's still good around the greens. Uh, I think he can make sense.
1: Ben, of those guys, where are you going?
3: Decky,
2: uh, I'm fine with barring. We don't see something really alarming. I'm not sure I can get to any of the others. The only exception is... If someone is like 1% owned, like if Fitz is is truly like no one will play him, I'll probably get over. It's not going to be an important play, but I, I would gladly sacrifice, you know, 7.5% of my lineups to get 3x on a guy who's this talented and just say, maybe we strike lightning in a bottle. Probably not. But unless the ownership dictates it,
1: I don't know if I'll get to any of them besides Deke. Last thing I need to ask you guys, and you don't need to be held to this standard because it's still very early on in Masters coverage. We all have a ton more analysis to do, picks to make. But, Ben, if you had to pick a winner right now, who is it? I mean. Rory?
2: Yeah, of course. I will I will pick Rory until I die, uh, which every year that he loses, a little part of me dies, uh, or he wins. So, yes, Rory,
3: 100%. Kenny? It's either Spieth or Finau for me. I'll go speeth.
1: My pick is gonna be Minwoo. Not backing off this. But mainly it's because I think Scheffler is just gonna tune the field, Ben.
2: I am very worried. Normally I'm not worried about that, which is insane. Uh because it's
3: but I am worried about that as well. So maybe we I, should be okay. I gotta say one thing about Chef. What we saw in the match play. Uh, is we saw him start, especially at the end. You saw him sort of start missing these short putts. Um, uh, he missed a couple, uh, when it came down to it, uh, in the in his last on Sunday. And, and, and the thing is, that that was sort of his thing, you know, like he never misses those putts. Um, and and, and you know, putting is. I'd say even more mental than anything physical that you could think of. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're confident in your putter, if you think you're the best putter, it's going to it's going to go into your game and you're going to putt well. Um, it, it, there could just be a little smidgen of doubt when it comes to Scheffler because of what happened in literally his last, you know, competitive rounds, two rounds that he played where, you know, missing putts like that that costs you a championship can sort of be you know it'll be in the back of your head a little bit more than it normally would be and so that's if if there's any type of narrative where you want to get off scheffler that could be it because when it comes to putting putting is so mental putting is so about confidence um that you know the slightest little loss of that edge can be a really really big factor um and, and it's, you sort of saw it at the match play and that's the last time he played um so if you're looking for some reason to fade chef that could be the reason
1: the issue is like he won the players and he was average in the field in putting so he would have to yeah. put himself out of the tournament basically for him not to win at this point. And Ben, that's what I'm scared of.
2: Yeah. On Easter.
1: Not, not that's, that's his
2: boy's day. Yeah. yeah I it's mean, not it's good. Shit, yeah. uh, no, yeah. I'm
1: quite worried. <laughs> All right. Well, we still have five days, six days before the masters actually start. So a ton of stuff to consume over that time. Ben, what do you think you got on tap for this week?
2: Yeah, of course we'll be jam packed over at stochastic. We actually have a brand new golf, YouTube so if you like golf betting odd chopper golf you can go check that out as well you'll see me on Twitter on Jazz Raz DFS you know tweeting stuff out but it's just going to be a great week so much good content out there if you're looking for more head over to Stochastic and check us out
1: what happens in a week like this when like Grio and Scott Piercy aren't playing like who do you pick
2: yeah it it is tricky I I I usually substitute them for well now I have like the live cushion I'll just bring Louie into the equation because I'm, you know, Matthias Schwab is also not here for <laughs> obvious reasons. I saw he was like seven over through seven at Valero. So, uh, yeah, maybe Ricky can sneak in. That would help. I'll just use Ricky as I always do.
1: Kenny, gupscorner.com and hosting the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, which will be coming out on Sunday evening this week. So a day mm-hmm. early. Do you have anything else planned or are you just going to kick back?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll be, you know, this is, uh, it'll be nice to, Watched the Masters this year. Uh, last year, um, I shit so hard I had a stroke uh, during the uh, Masters uh, on on Saturday. Uh, so make sure you eat your fiber, people, because uh, I missed Saturday and Sunday of Scheffler's win last year uh, because I literally strained so hard while taking a shit I had a stroke. So I'm looking forward to no stroke this year and i'm looking forward to hopefully winning some motherfucking money. uh that that that's going to be the goal. You feeling better now? I am feeling better now. I definitely feeling better now. We'll see. I got a doctor's appointment Thursday of the masters. So maybe i die. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh but uh, uh hopefully i get to make it through the four rounds without going to the hospital.
1: That'd be nice. You can follow me that. at the PME on Twitter. I told you about all the giveaways, but the big one, the big two, really, sub to Mayo Media Network, smash like, all that fun stuff. You've done that already. Rate, review, download, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. For the Spotify review, email it to me, tweet it at me, just a screenshot, whatever. That will put you in the drop. We can get up to 5,000 unique ratings on apple podcast i will throw more money in the potter i got six hundred dollars cash in plus three fantasy national memberships and you need to be a fantasy national member in order to get that so even if you have a weekly plan if you go to fantasynationalcom slash mayo you get the weekly for seven bucks this week and then you win well then you'll have a year for free on me three of you will have that so you can get ballots all the different ways subbing to the newsletter you can find all of that in there down in the description, the Mayo Media newsletter. And I'll send you fun stats and shows and shit like that when it comes out. So please go do that. The one and done at fantasygolfchampionship.com and download the League Safe Locks app and click on Mayo Masters. It's a completely free pool with yes or no questions. 500 bucks up for grabs. So please go do that and help me out. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time.